Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. word speaks to somebody today as we turn again to Matthew chapter 7 we're going to look at uh, verse 24 therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doth them I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of that house. Today, I want to preach to you just a simple thought about Carhartt season. It's Carhartt season. And so uh, hopefully that sticks in your memory as we move forward. But I want us to go to God and ask God to help us and to strengthen us and give us some help today. And um, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to eating. Trust me. But I want to eat this word today. I want to consume what he has for me today. Praise God. Would you go ahead and bow your heads with me? And we're going to go to God one more time to pray for this word. God, we thank you together. God, we're so grateful, Lord, for what we felt in this place. We're so grateful, Lord, for your presence as it sweeps in and dwells among us. I'm asking you, God, let your word, let your word pierce our hearts and speak to us, Lord. Strengthen us today. Strengthen this church and every every visitor, every individual under this roof. I pray, give us that special thing we need today. Gift us your promise, Lord. Help me, your preacher today. We thank you together, and in your name we pray, in Jesus' name. Say that name with me. Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Now, before you're seated, please, do me a favor. High five somebody. Welcome them to Aphesus Church. Make sure you show them your best smile. Praise God. Praise God. I can tell I'm holding the microphone that Brother Mattman used. It just feels extra. I might just bust out in a song. You never know. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't know. How many of you own a Carhartt? Anyone own a Carhartt? Okay, a couple. All right. How many of you uh, own a Carhartt beanie? How about one of those, a hat or something like that? Okay. Well, we, we're, we're inter- interesting kind of this season we're in. We are, um, how many of you are enjoying the cold weather, the, the, the change in atmosphere? I know we got some Florida people. It's a little it's a little too cold. I get that. Um, I'm from the north. I got some northerners, and so I moved down. I moved, I lived in Florida for like 10 years, and so I loved living there, but it was a bit, just a bit, hot all the time 
And so I, I like where I live now because it's like a perfect medium. And so, uh, but this this season, last week, it started to get some freezing temps, as they called them. They started to come out of nowhere, and and uh, started the air started to crisp up. And I begin to notice that uh, we needed to pull out a few jackets, something a little bit more heavy duty, little something that's ready for the season. And of course, I own a few of those products there. And I began to think about the the Carhartt that I recently bought. It's a, my daughter Mercy makes fun of me. She says it looks like another shirt. And so, uh, but it's like a fleeced lined shirt. Thank you very much to my daughter Mercy. But I, uh, uh, she she made me go back to when I first started wearing Carhartts and made me think about the season that we're in. In 1889, the company was established, and it was established in a loft in Detroit, just a small uh, room. It had a few uh, sewing machines, and it was a, a really just humble beginnings in 1889. And as history would have it, they would continue to grow. They would partner up uh, a few times with the military, and they would help um, make clothes for the military in World War One and World War War II, and of course they went through the Depression, and those are hard times for that company, but they still began to thrive and move forward. But the key demographic to those who wore Carhartts were individuals who were blue-collar, individuals who worked in hard conditions and tough environments, hard seasons, cold areas. They, 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 they are more, most famous truly because of their overalls. And really in the 70s, they, they had a huge increase in business because of the Alaskan pipeline. As they're building and constructing this huge um, pipeline, they, of course, all the workers knew where to go to get things that were durable, heavy, and warm. But there's been a little bit of a culture shift. And I kind of just want to display some of that culture shift today. If you put that first picture up here, this was uh, a picture of an individual, um, his name is Daniel Day-Lewis. You may know who he is. He's an actor, and he was uh, giving a photo shoot, and there he is in his Carhartts. I can assure you, Daniel Day-Lewis has never done a Carhartt thing in his life. <laughs> The next picture is a NBA star, Devin Booker. He looks like he's ready to go to work with his Louis Vuitton bags and his Carhartt jacket. <clears throat> he is ready to work. And uh, he's, of course, not afraid of anything with that, that hard exterior uh, canvas jacket and, of course, that mask on his face. But I, 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 you can see as he is continuing uh, the next picture, uh, this sweet young lady. You could tell she's ready to work the oil fields and the tundra of Alaska. She's definitely geared for it. And uh, you may see individuals that look like this next picture here. <clears throat> look at them. That's, they are ready to go to do the hard labor and the hard work. There's been an absolute culture shift because this is, in my day, when I was working up north in Ohio and uh, I would cut down trees during the summer and then I would shovel snow and clear driveways and parking lots in the winter. And I look more like this guy, if you put up that next picture, please, of uh, what real Carhartt guys kind of represent. They got these guys who are working in uh, tough 
tough conditions and he's got oil all through his jacket. He's doing whatever he can. The next picture, if you would, please. Uh, this individual that, of course, you've seen those as you're driving down the highway in the winter. You've seen many individuals, uh, road workers wearing that. The next one, if you can, uh, you see in the winter there an individual working in an engine. He's got his car hearts on. If you put that next picture up, Again, some more tough pants, tough equipment, all that stuff. You, there is a, a, a kind of a, a focus here I'm trying to get us to understand that the shift of culture is a little bit different. Now we have people that wear these more often. If you put that up, you're going to see the season of the um, Carhartt beanie. You know, uh, ladies with uh, pumpkin spice lattes. Praise God. Amen. And th do you think they're ready to go to those harsh conditions with a nice double vente? I don't know where to go from there. But, uh, you know, they have that and they got their tough Carhartt on. Can I give you a picture of what a, a real Carhartt beanie looks like? If you put that next one up, uh, it looks like that guy. <laughs> That guy is actually using the real Carhartt, and you just don't really notice it through all the frozen stuff coming out of his nose. But the next picture, of course, is kind of a little bit more familiar of individuals who wear these things. I, I'm trying to get to the point that our culture uh, has kind of bled this culture of taking something that was harsh and rugged and tough and thick and, and, and did the, the job, something that was very much much uh, well known to the blue collars, workers, things that were able to produce uh, uh, favorable outcomes. And when storms arose, when things hit hard, there was a certain brand that you would lean into knowing that you can get through it. But our culture has shifted and it has bled into the church. And in our opening text, we find Jesus speaks of two houses. One of the most important takeaways I want us to take from that opening text is this, that both houses dealt with terrible winds. Both houses dealt with terrible rain. Both houses struggled through storms. Both houses had to deal with a season of hardship. It's just going to happen. It's going to be a promise that everybody, I wish I could promise you a little bit more joy. I wish I could promise you a little bit more sunshine than we're experiencing today. But what I can promise you is this, that life is tough, that you are going to find disappointment, that you are going to go through tough times, hurts, pains. Individuals in your life will pass away. People in your life will fail you. You will go through heart, hurt, hurt, heartache, all sorts of, of turmoil. Many of you might get into addiction and addiction will work and sin will work and all those things will, will hit you hard like a storm in, in, in any type of day that used to be a good day but now it's tough now it's rough now it's something that is coming against your life and that is something that we can promise you that hard times are coming praise God aren't you glad you came to Ephesus Church today <laughs> but I want us to get this in our, in our understanding in this story there, of course, uh, 
is a spiritual season change happening. There is absolutely a season change happening in the climate of the spiritual realm, if I could call it that way. You've got your news. You've got your radio. You've got a TV. You've you've seen what's happening, the stir that's happening in Israel. And I'm, I'm, I know we've talked about it quite a bit already, but I want us to understand that a season is changing spiritually, that winds will be blowing, that your, your spirit will be tested. Your identity will be challenged. You will face something that is going to equate to a season change. I want us to understand that the season of hardship is here. And we can no longer just look the part. We can't look like we can weather the season. We actually have to weather the season. As I talked about these two houses in my opening text, one of them, the Bible says, was built upon sand. And you hear about the winds coming, the seasonal change coming. You hear about and see a picture of a violent storm hitting this house. But this house spent all its time in looking like a house. The owner of the house decided it's important that I worry about the shutters and the landscaping and that I have the ornate knobs and all this type of stuff that makes a house look pretty, that I put up the, the seasonal Christmas lights before it's Thanksgiving, right? Praise God. This house in Scripture is a house that will get hit by a storm. And the Bible says that it won't make the storm because it was not built upon the rock. Because it wasn't built upon a foundation. Because it wasn't built in such a way that mattered about what the, 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 the bottom line really looks like. What the internal guts of the house really hold and what really prioritize. We see a house that is structured just to look like it can handle a season but then you hear about that other house who's built appropriately who's built to not just look the part but also go through the season and there's such a difference that Christ brings to our attention but before we truly get into it before we truly start understanding that house structure we have to understand the context of that scripture and the context of that scripture is found just a few more verses before it and I want us to read it together Matthew 7 21 not everyone that saith unto me Lord Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he he that doth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What a sobering text. I hope it's a text that haunts you like it haunts me. I never want to get to a place where I just wear the garment, where I just look the part, where I just look trendy in a culture, where I just think that, okay, just because church culture is doing this and doing that, and I can look like this and I look like that, that everything's going to be all right. That's not the case. I need to know him internally. I need to know who he is. I need to know his life and I need to know his dislikes. I need to follow him. I need to trust him. I need to know his name. I need to allow his name to be, be over my life. Yeah. My God. 
What a scary reply. After you've bragged and all the good things you've done for the Lord, that he will look you in your eye and say, I don't even know who you are. My God, it's not about the branding of being in church. It's not about the, the label that you wear on your clothes or the label of Pentecost that, you, that sits on a, a, on a lapel somewhere. I'm telling you right now, it's all about the internal relationship we must have with him. Real relationship is key, not just looking like I have relationship. I, I understand that we're all from different places and different parts. I've, I've run into many people in this city, and I feel like at many times uh, most of the people I run into, uh, uh, oh, let's take a poll here. Who is from South Carolina? Raise your hand. Okay, that's what I thought, not the majority. Okay, that means everybody else is typically from somewhere else. And that's so interesting to me how truly we are America, a melting pot, but just this area alone brings in different people. Of course, you have Fort Jackson who brings in different people from all over the world to uh, do a job and a duty for our country. And of course, uh, they bring in their family and members and all those types of things. And we see that and we, we gardener friendships and all those types of things that uh, while they're here, we're excited to have all those individuals with us. But I, I want us to understand how, how funny culture is, how, how we can call the same, look at the same thing and, and, and understand it to be the same thing, but we will literally pronounce it totally different so from where I am from you know if you were to get on your house to fix something you would fix the roof it's the roof also like a dog the sound a dog makes a dog makes a roofing noise right or a roofing noise as I pronounce it how many pronounce roof roof okay we'll pray for you <coughs> <laughs> You're pronouncing it probably correctly. How about how about crick? Crick, creek. Any creeks in here? Who's who's team creek? Crick. All right, all right. Here's here's one. If I were to go to a restaurant and I'm parched and I wanted a sudy beverage, I would order a pop. Yes. How else would you order it? So if someone tells me Coke, I'm going to come right off this stage. That's a brand. Do you see what I'm talking about here? We're, we're from different places. Different areas, we have, we, we understand the same thing, but we speak something kind of different. And sometimes I want us to understand that also works into how we believe and how we trust God and how we live for God. We may see the same thing, we may have an idea of what we're talking about, but sometimes we, we're, we're totally missing the mark. I want us to hear about a story in Judges chapter 12, and I'll, I'll bring us to the text, but before we get there, I want to give us an understanding here, because the men uh, in Judges 12, the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together, and they went northward. 
And they and Jephthah was was someone that they leaned into and said unto Jephthah, uh, Wherefore passest thou over to fight against the children of Ammon? So the people of Ephraim were so upset at Jephthah because they went and fought without them. I know that's such a confusing thing to wrap your mind around a little bit as I read this text and try to understand it more. But this group of people, the Ephraimites, they were upset that they did not go to war with Jephthah and his people. Jephthah's people decided at one time when they were having issues with the, with the Ammonites that they said, you know what, let's reach out to my brother Ephraim. Let's reach out to them and see if they'll come to war with us. And so they sent out the email. They sent out the text messages. They sent the phone calls, the dove with the le little letter on its foot. They did everything they could, smoke signals. They sent every type of message they could to reach their brother, but no reply. And still the enemy, Ammon, the Ammonites, the Ammonites were still breathing heavily down Jephthah and his, his people. And so he decides, you know, I've got to fight this battle regardless if I have people to help me. And so God favored Jephthah. God gave Jephthah favor and him and his people went into and fought and beat and destroyed the Ammonites. And of course they had the spoils of war. But what's interesting is that after it's all done, after all the fighting is done, the Ephraimites come to Jephthah and they're so upset that they went to war without them. And Jephthah said, we, where were you? We, we, we reached out to you. We, we sent to every single uh, source we could to let you know we needed your help, but you did not answer. You were nowhere to be found and we had to do what we had to do. So they get so upset. The, the uh, Ephraimites get so upset that they want to now fight their own brother. They want to fight Jephthah and his, his people, the Gileadites. And so what happens here, I jump to verse 4 of this text. Then Jephthah gathered together all the men of Gilead and fought with Ephraim. And the men of Gilead smote Ephraim because they said, Ye Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim among the Ephraimites and among the Massonites. Verse 5. And the Gileadites took the passages of Jordan before the Ephraimites. And it was so that when those Ephraimites, which were escaped, said, Let me go over, that the men of Gilead said unto them, Art thou an Ephraimite, or are you a Gileadite? They said, if we said no, no, we're with you. We'll give some understanding. No, we're, we're, we're part of you. <laughs> they said unto them, verse 6, All right, say this word with me. Shibboleth. Now, Shibboleth, what's interesting, is not some incredible, deep-seated type of word. It's kind of like what I did with you. Soda, pop, roof, creek. It's a common word. It means an ear of corn. Say, say this, this ear of corn, a simple word. And they say Shibboleth. And he said Sibboleth. For he could not frame to pronounce it right. Then they took him and slew him at the passages of Jordan. And all those who could not say it right, get this, there fell at that time of the Ephraimites 40 and 2,000. Um, I know we live in a culture. Let me get this into our spirit today. We live in a culture 
you go to church, I go to church. You're a Christian, I'm a Christian. Where I go, as long as I feel the Lord, I feel good. Tomato, tomato. Shibboleth, Sibboleth. Do you see where I'm going here? It matters not only how you look, but it matters how you sound. It matters what comes out of you. It matters what flows out of you. It's not about just wearing the jacket, wearing the beanie and looking the part. It's whether you've got it in you that you can do the work, that you can walk the walk and talk the talk at the same time. We have to understand it matters that you are who you say you are, that we, when we come to that place in judgment, when we say, Lord, Lord, haven't I done this and this? We have to have that internal relationship that speaks the right words and speaks the word of relationship and gives that thing that flows out of us. Matthew 12, Jesus will speak here in verse 33. He says, either make the tree good and his fruit good or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Oh, generation of vipers, how can he, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance, let's get this right here. Let's, if you're going to leave it, leave this church with anything besides a free hot dog and a hamburger, leave with this verse here. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Yeah. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by the words thou shalt be justified, and by the words thou shalt be condemned. What am I, what am I really trying for us to understand today? It's more than just I've heard you've heard that that, that statement before. If you can talk to talk, can you walk to walk, right? But let's reverse it, okay? If, 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 you can, if you can walk the walk, please talk the talk. Please allow to come out of your soul and out of your spirit the right way. Today's the day to not just focus on the shutters of your relationship or on the landscaping of, of, your, of your relationship with God. Today's the day to go internal and say, am I truly built upon something that is sturdy? Am I truly built upon something that means something that is that is solid that is the rock itself i hope i hope i can get you to think about something before you leave today that you know what it matters it matters what i say and we live in a day (laughs) as paul would warn timothy in second timothy three and five We have this form of godliness. You've got this this ability to come to church and look the part. You have the ability to come and listen, I'm going to beat up on a few things. Just being faithful to Sunday and Wednesday only doesn't make you a Christian. Okay? (laughs) Being faithful to giving an offering doesn't make you a Christian. What is, what is a Christian really? What Christian by its definition is to be Christ-like. 
Well, Christ-like would be faithful in church. Yes, absolutely. Christ-like would be faithful to giving and the offering. Absolutely. But Christ-like would be faithful to relationship, not just two days a week. We have gotten to a place where we've put on a form. We're working, the, we're working those cultural spiritual car hearts, if I could put it that way. We're looking the part. We got the label down right. We got everyone liking the fit. We like everyone looking like, hey, we fit in with what's right. But I, I, I want you to know when the season changes, you've got, to, you've got to live through that season. And I hope we understand, as I'm trying to bring this to a close today, that there, there's not the time. This is, this is not the mess around season. This is not the don't take it seriously season. This is not the I'm going to sleep in season. This is not the type of season where I take it easy and I'm just going to mail in my, my relationship. I'm just going to mail in my response to God type of season. No, this is a get to your knees season. This is a repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand season. This is a, this winds are a blowing and the, the roof is being shook and, and God's coming quickly. You better get serious season. Yeah. That's the type of season we're in and it's it's got I've got to be the real deal. Yeah. My God I've, why, I need people. This church needs real deal people. What does that mean? That means people who know who God is, who trust God, who lean on God, who built their foundation upon a rock. That rock is the words of Cephas. That rock is the word of a guy named Simon, later called Cephas in John 1, 45. Then Mark 16, we'll talk of the story, how Jesus will look at Simon and say, you are, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. He was speaking prophetically because when it came time to start structuring relationship, when it came time to start building house and laying lumber upon lumber and brick upon brick, when it, when it came time to start putting the shingles on, before, before the they got to that process they had to build upon the words of the rock and the words of the rock said it this way in Acts 2 and 38 repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission Ephesus for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that was the foundation that we have to build our relationship. There's no other foundation. There's no other truth. There, there is no other name. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is no other name given among men under where? Heaven, whereby we must be saved. Are you under the umbrella of heaven today? <laughs> there is no other name. I say all this is because I want to shake the fact, I want to shake your foundation for a little bit. You hear me today. I don't care if you look like you're saved unless you sound like you're saved. Oh man, Jesus will speak it out prophetically in Mark 16 verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, right? They shall speak with new tongues. 
Acts 2 and 4, when the foundation of the church began to, to, to be established, that early church, it, didn't, it had to look a certain way, but boy, did it sound a certain way. Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Not as they wanted to, not as they faked it, not as they pretended, not as they read the word of God and said, this is what we got to do, let's just do it. No, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. I'm telling you right now, speaking in tongues is not of our doing. It's a supernatural process. It flows. It comes out. The Bible says, and Jesus will say it, out of the belly flow with that, that, that water, that, that, that thing. That, it just comes out of you. It's, it sounds. There's, it brings people from different places of the world. You will hear about it in Acts chapter 2 after it's poured out. They, they go down into the streets and people are hearing their very own language as though they were speaking it on their street corner. And they will be drawn by it. Why? They're drawn by how you sound. Acts 10. Cornelius, this is the foundation of, of the house, the church, of where we pull our roots from. Everybody in here, Gentiles. Acts 10, 46 says, For they heard them speak with tongues, and they magnified God. We see this process. Every single, every single interaction, there's the sound of something happening. When believers came later on, believers who didn't have the full truth in Acts 19, they, they, they needed to know what the Holy Ghost was about. In Acts 19 and 6, when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. I'm, all, I'm just trying to shake your foundation today. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm like that, you ever, you ever um, went car shopping before? Anyway, you know what you do? You know, like you, they say you kick the tires. Some li people literally do that, but I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what we're expecting. Maybe this explosion. <laughs> oh, I'm not buying that. <laughs> no, what, what do you do though? It's you're, you're testing the structure. You're trying to see if this is a good buy. You open the hood. You look inside. You pull the dipstick out to see if it's got oil. You're trying to see if it's the color of oil. No bubbles. None of those things that go with oil. But what do you do when you buy a house? You call your you call your realtor. You say, "Hey, can I walk through this house?" And they schedule time, and you walk inside. How many of you just, now I know there's some people who have, but your preference, if you can buy a house, would you just go walk around the outside and say, looks good, I'll take it. <laughs> no, you want to get inside. You want to see things. You want to maybe lean on a post, go, hmm, there's some structure there. You want to go into the master bedroom and say, will my wife's stuff fit there? <laughs> right? You're, you're hoping that you have just a sliver of closet space for your two t-shirts, right? You're going around, you're feeling things out. You're, you're making a judgment on the inside before you buy the outside. There's nothing different spiritually. And I'm here to do my best before we all gather and go to a park and have a good time. How many of you really think you're okay on the inside? How many of you truly are ready to be 
set up to go into spiritual car heart season. I'm talking about where the weather hits hard where addictions come against you, where pornography is trying to tempt you, where, 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 where saints trying to get you to slip up and to fall, where all these things, all these things, all these problems, where the, the, the structure of our, uh, of our country is, is changing, and how are, are, you, are you a Christian based off the Word of God or a Christian based off the, uh, off the Constitution? That's a difference. Right, right. We are, we are living in times where the winds are starting to pick up and things are going to have to be addressed. I want us to all stand if we can. Feeling good, feeling happy is a wonderful experience. One that happens when we are filled with the Holy Ghost. Being overwhelmed by his love and his care and his, his burden to die for us, that is another feeling you will have when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. But this world doesn't judge you on feelings. This world doesn't look at you and say, hey, I know that you're right with God because you had a moment where you felt good or you had a moment where you cried at an altar. No, this world and our King of Kings will judge us on what we sound like, what comes out of our life, what, what spills out. I hope you understand what I'm getting to today. Just coming to an altar today, having a good moment where you cry and you feel a moment and you repent and those are things that are important. But I want you to be challenged today. I need to sound different before I leave this place. I need, I need to truly be prepared and say, you know what? I, I can't just look the part. I have to be the part. I have to be ready to endure a season. I have to be ready to endure judgment. I can't just look to God and say, God, don't you remember me doing good things? No, I need him to look back to me in my eye and say, I do know who you are. Well done, how good and faithful servant. That's what I need to hear today. That's what I'm living to hear today. That's the desire of my heart today is that I'm made right inside. I want to ask us if we could. We'll just bow our heads all together across this church. I want you to hear me as I give some instruction. I don't want you to be... I want you to be worried about what's going to happen next. I want you to kind of understand what the process of what can happen next. I know for a fact God has pricked people's hearts in here. I know a fact that there's some people in here who are not proud of what they've been doing this past week, this past month, this past year. I'm going to ask you right now to be faithful to what God's trying to do. He's calling you to come and to say, God, forgive me. Let it be out of real repentance, a true heart, 
where you say, God, forgive me, and God will take care of the rest. You don't have to beg. You don't have to plead. You, there's no, this is not a bargaining. He's already paid the price. He's already done all the hard work. All we have to do is come to him in our deepest sincerity and say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry I've made mistakes. I'm sorry I've just been living a life where I, I, I play this part that everything's fine on the outside, but internally, I'm dead internally. I'm struggling internally. I'm fearful. I don't have anxiety. I have depression. I have things that are attacking me all the time, and I put on this fake smile, and I do whatever I can for my family, but oh, I wish I wish you would hear me right now. God is speaking to somebody in here to just step away from their seats, come to an altar, or you can make an altar at your chair right now. I don't care, but you need to find a place where you can say, Lord, I want to begin where the foundation starts. I want to get down low. I want to get down deep. I want to ask you, God, to forgive me. I want to ask you, God, to help me. Would you do that right now? These altars are open. I pray you understand your seat's available. But I want to make this entire time, this entire space, a place where we repent to God. Hallelujah. That's it. I'm proud of you. That's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No one wants you to do this more than this church. We want you to be in a place where you cry out to God, where you trust him. Come on, just do it. Just find a place. Hallelujah. If you if you can, if you if you are that individual who is filled, who who who's right with God, I, I pray that you link up with somebody praying right now. Put your hand on their shoulder. Be an encourager. Help them navigate this process of building a new relationship with him. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 